Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Wow, 2020, hey? Last week we talked about faith for 2020. And today I want to, I want to share one of the uh, life principles that I lived by ever since I've been a Christian, which is over 40 years now. That's hard to believe, but it is. And uh, this is one of the life principles I live with. And as we go into 2020, I want to share it with you. It's not a radical new proposal. It's a life principle that helps keep me focused and has been a great blessing. And we'll turn to Acts 16, verses 23 to 34. And it's the story of Paul and Silas. Some of you know the background. Paul and Silas were sent out by the Holy Spirit to preach the gospel through unreached towns and uh, places. And uh, they were ministering. Lives were being changed. They prayed for a young uh, lady who had a spirit of divination, was involved with the occult. And they cast out the evil spirit within her. And then that caused chaos And there was a big riot happened because all the makers of the um, idols, the silversmiths, caused a great riot in town and Paul and Silas got arrested and thrown in prison. So that's the background of this story. Sometimes when you do good, not everyone's happy. Most people are, but sometimes when you do good, people think, oh, what's your motive? And if there's a spiritual battle, there's often a clash. But I want to say, hey, it's still worth the price of doing good because look what happened to Paul and Silas. They were changing that whole city with the power of Jesus. So it says, after they were severely beaten, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them securely. So the jailer placed them in the innermost cell of the prison and had their feet bound and chained. Now those prisons that those days weren't anywhere near even as nice as um, maybe our prisons are today and they were rat infested, they were wet, sometimes they got little or no food and it was dark and it was a terrible, terrible place that probably you mightn't get out of alive. Paul and Silas, undaunted, prayed in the middle of the night and sang songs of praise to God while all the other prisoners listened to their worship. There's a powerful key. Sometimes we've been taught, your faith's private. No, it's meant to be lived out so other people can see it and hear it. And so they praise God, their their backs are cut open, they're bleeding, they're probably in a lot of pain, didn't have some Panadol or painkillers those days, they would have been in agony, and in the dirt and the pain, they lift their voices in prayer and praise, and they sang so loud that everyone else heard it. They were unashamed to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And they, so they praised him with all of their voices and their hearts. And look what happened. Suddenly, a great earthquake shook the foundation of the prison. All at once, every prison door flung open and the chains of all the prisoners came loose. Let me tell you, when you praise God, you'll come into freedom, but everyone else around will be affected as well. It's not just about you having a blessed, joyful life. Everyone else gets affected when we live a life of praise and adoration to our God. Startled, the jailer awoke and and saw every cell door standing open. Assuming that all the prisoners had escaped, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself. You say, why is that? Well, in Roman times, if the guard lost a prisoner, they paid for it with their own life. So he thought, oh, they've all gone. But Paul knew what was going on. When Paul 
shout in the darkness, stop, don't hurt yourself, we're all still here. That was a word of faith. He was still there. What about all the other prisoners? Some of them could have escaped. But they're probably all in total shock and they'd heard the praises going and they knew that there was a God event happening here. They knew something was supernatural going on. And, and uh, it says, the jailer called out for a light. When he saw that they were still in their cells, he rushed in and fell trembling at their feet. Then he led Paul and Silas outside and asked, what must I do to be saved? They hadn't preached the gospel to him, but the praising in their songs so lifted up Jesus that they, he realized that he needed to get his life right with God. Let me tell you, praise will reveal Jesus. And so they didn't have to preach a whole long sermon and sit down for two days and under, see whether they understood who God was. The praises of Jesus so filled the house and the prison that this guy and his family wanted to get saved. Something happens when we lift our voices unashamedly in praise. They answered, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and all your family. Then they prophesied the word of the Lord over them, him and all his family. Remember now, this is one or two or three o'clock in the morning. Even though the hour was late, he washed their wounds. Then he and all his family were baptized. They got baptized at three or four o'clock in the morning. He took Paul and Silas into his home and set them at his table and fed them. That would have been an amazing midnight supper, hey? The jailer and all his family were filled with joy in their newfound faith in God. Today I want to talk about the power of praise. The power of praise in our lives. And it's simple, but it's so powerful and profound. They praised God loudly. It wasn't just a private thing. And it reminded me, because the word hallelujah means praise the Lord. And Marilyn and I, we had a good friend when we were in a youth group in Nambour, a guy called Roger Saunders. Roger and Daphne used to be heavily in the occult. They used to travel to India and all sorts of places to find, try and find their spiritual journey. And they were at a Nimbin folk festival way back, for some of the older ones of our generation know. And some Christians felt stirred of God to go to that festival. And they put up their tent and it turned out they just shared Jesus with whoever they could. Roger and Daphne, were. she was due for a baby and there was a whole journey there and, uh, and they were singing and worshipping and in the middle of it they ended up getting led, led to Jesus through the complications by this Christian family. They got so radically converted that their life turned 180 degrees. They spent many years as missionaries in New Guinea. They led thousands of people to Jesus. He just loved Jesus because he'd come from darkness, as Tina was saying, into total light. He'd never knew about Jesus, had a radical conversion. He was so filled with joy that he used to walk into the bank where I used to work, in Nambour, on the main street of Nambour, and he'd come in and do his banking business, and before he'd leave, he'd just yell out this heartfelt hallelujah so loud that everything stopped in the whole bank and down the street hallelujah but it came from his spirit so strong that it cut through the atmosphere and everything stopped and then as he walked out and says have a good day ross and then walked out <laughs> so there was no way i could be a secret christian but it cut through and changed the whole atmosphere of the place and for the next two days it was really easy to witness to anyone because he created a praise the lord moment 
he'd go into the store around the corner where Mary Lynn worked at Bayard's in a clothing and general purpose store. He'd hide behind the racks and he'd do the same thing. And then he'd walk out and say, have a great day, Mary. So there's no way we could be secret Christians in that town because one guy learnt the power of heartfelt praise. And it was just so sincere. People, even those who didn't want Christianity or, or didn't like it, they were captivated by it. It was like it created this curious, who is he? Why would he do that? And then we'd have an opportunity to tell them his story. And they'd say, really? I said, yep, that's why he can do this so unashamedly. They said, I don't believe in God. I said, would you have the courage to do something like that when you know a lot of people will be opposed? said, no. I said, well, that shows the power that's changed your life. And then you'd go on with normal life. I'm not saying that's the way to win our community for Jesus, but I've never forgotten it because it was heartfelt praise that cut through the atmosphere of everyone's life. And even those who got angry, it was a moment then to share, hey, why did you get so upset when he said hallelujah? Oh, I don't know. And then sometimes you'd end up having a chat to them why they struggled with a hallelujah that cut through the whole atmosphere of their lives. There's something powerful that happens. You can praise God too little, but you can never praise Him too much. And Paul and Silas had learnt the secret of unashamed praise to God. And it can be through songs, it can be through our musicians, it can be through our words, our actions, anything. Our, our bodies that lift our hands or kneel or bow. We praise the Lord and it brings about the presence of God in our hearts and our lives. Psalm 113 verses 1 to 3 and the message says, Hallelujah! You're supposed to yell hallelujah back. You need another one. When I go and preach in Fiji or India, every time you say hallelujah, the whole place just erupts in a hallelujah for sometimes for two or three seconds, sometimes for 20 seconds, the whole place just goes crazy because they've learnt the power of hallelujah they've come out of darkness into light so whenever i'd yell out hallelujah the place would just go crazy and uh, if the interpreter wasn't doing a good job in your um in india you just yell out hallelujah a few times and the whole place refocuses and then you're back on track that's how it goes in the pete pete's been there preaching and knows that's how it works it says hallelujah you who serve god praise god just to speak his name is praise wow just to remember God is a blessing, now and tomorrow and always. From east to west, from dawn to dusk, keep lifting up your praises to God. Yeah, that's right. From the rising of the sun to the going down the same, the name of the Lord will be praise. Who remember that song with the actions? And Yeah, that's what that verse comes from. Where we praise Him from dawn till dusk. We praise Him with all of our hearts. doesn't mean you have to go singing down the street all the time and appear crazy or weird. But there's a heartfelt attitude of praise and you're looking for every opportunity to lift up the name of Jesus. It comes out of the overflow of your heart. Psalm 119, 164 says, I stop to praise you seven times a day all because your ways are perfect, the psalmist says. Seven times a day. In other words, every hour or two, he'd just take some time to stop and worship and praise God because it kept him focused for the rest of the day. Psalm 34 verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. 
Wow. That's why I love um, praising and worshipping. And uh, we just love to sing. Why? Because we've found Jesus is real and we know the power. You read through Psalms hundreds of times, it says, praise the Lord. It's not a suggestion, it's a command. When they go, oh, I'll praise him if I feel good, or when the band's playing and we're in church, that's when I'll praise him. No, it says praise the Lord. It's actually a command, and it's one of the secrets to live an overcoming life. It really is. And we sometimes forget the simplicity and power of this. When I became a Christian, it just got into my heart, and I've been a praiser, a singer, I'm loud, I'm noisy, I'm exuberant, because I know the power of this. It's not just because I'm an extrovert. I've learned the power of what this does in my life. It gives me strength. Every time I praise the Lord, it reminds me that God lives with me and in me and His power is greater in any situation I might be facing. It is so, so powerful. So here's a couple of things about praise. Number one, it brings us into God's presence and positions you for His favour and blessing. When you praise God, it reminds you of how powerful it is and it brings you into His presence. Psalm 100, verses 1 to 5. Lift up a great shout of joy to the Lord. That's a command, not a suggestion. Go, attend, uh, go ahead and do it. Everyone, everywhere. As you serve him, be glad and worship him. Sing your way into his presence with joy. I say, oh, I don't really feel God's presence today. Well, you just start singing and praise Him. And I can, it's really hard after five or ten minutes of singing and praising without feeling His presence and power. It really, really is. It takes a whole lot of faith to stay out of God's presence when you're singing and praising. It really does. And so there's something. Sing your way into His presence. I love that. And realize what this really means. We have the privilege, privilege of worshipping the Lord our God. For He is our Creator and we belong to Him. We are the people of His pleasure. Verse 4, you can pass through His open gates with the password of praise. I love that. The password into God's presence is praise. That's, that's something we can all do. Come right into His presence with thanksgiving. Come bring your thank offering to Him and affectionately bless His beautiful name. This is why we sing so much in church. I've had people come and say, how come you sing the songs three or four times? God hears it first time. I said, yeah, but we don't hear it until about the third time when we start to really believe what we're singing. And the person beside us who might be struggling with depression and, and overload, they need to hear it three or four times because then their spirit starts to arise and say, hey, I'm going to believe that because it's true. And if it's overflowing you, it grabs someone else's heart around us. That's why we sing together. And psychologists and uh, researchers are now discovering one of the best things you can do to overcome depression and discouragement and being alone, listen to it, and physical health, is corporate singing. They've done numerous research on the brain and what triggers when you do corporate singing, especially praise and worship, it's one of the best therapies for your mind, body and soul. That's why God says, sing, praise the Lord. That's why we do it in church. Because God knows it's good for your health. It's good for your emotions. It's good for your mind. It's good for your outlook on life is praising and worshipping God. And it's fun as well, isn't it? <laughs> I think, God, you are amazing. Psalm 100 goes on and says, For the Lord is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving it that will amaze you. 
so kind it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness toward all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Verse 4 in the NIV says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, and praise his name. That's why it is so powerful to lift your heart in praise and adoration. It is such a gift that God has given us. And there's a verse in Psalm 22, verse 3, which a lot of people know the context of the verse, but they don't know where to find it. It's God inhabits the praises of his people. Psalm 22, verse 3, in the Passion says, you, Yet I know that you are most holy. It's indisputable. You are God enthroned, surrounded with songs, living among the shouts of praise of your princely people. If you want God to get close to your life, start to praise him and his presence cannot resist. I believe praise is an invitation for God's presence to come and fill your life and the atmosphere around you. Why? You enter his gates with praise, with thanksgiving. I find when I praise the Lord by my songs, my words, my actions, he can't resist coming and blessing you. He can't resist hanging out with you. He can't resist coming and blessing your faith and your desires because it is a key. It's a trigger. It's an invitation for God to fill your life. You might say, oh, I'm not that sort of singing type. Well, just put other music on and hum along. If you can't sing in tune, that, does, that doesn't disqualify. It's no longer an excuse. Just put on some Hillsong or Planet Shakers or Bethel music or whatever. Let it lift your spirit and you just hum along or shout your praises as you go. So no more excuse, I can't sing very well. Well, I can't play an instrument. There's amazing musicians that God's anointed. Just listen to them and your spirit will rise. And so let's do what God's word says. Let's praise the Lord. Let his presence fill our hearts. And It's an invitation. He can't resist delighting in your praise and worship. And he will often bring the breakthroughs as he comes. It brings a greater awareness of his presence. Amen. Woo! And I think we've just got to be more free and open with our praise and worship because the presence of God just comes. It just, it just touches you and as Paul and Silas found, it touches everyone else around them. It's not just for yourself. When you praise him, the prison doors and chains come off you but it also falls off everyone else around you. It gives them an opportunity to experience God's love. That's why I love doing carols by candlelight, singing out there because the presence of Jesus being sung over the whole community we do the uh, blessing of the fleet and we pray blessing because we're speaking the name of Jesus over our community something happens when we do it in church but something happens when we do it publicly in whatever environment we can let the name of Jesus be lifted up on high it is so so powerful so number one, it's an invitation for God's word. Number two, praise exalts and magnifies the Lord. Probably in the Old Testament, the history of Israel, the greatest period of time was in David and Solomon's time when they reigned. Do you know one of the reasons 
one of the main reasons, in 1 Chronicles 23.5, it says, The king appointed 4,000 singers and musicians to constantly praise the Lord. They were in teams. I don't know whether they did a four-hour shift, a six-hour shift, an eight-hour shift, a 12-hour shift like some of your doctors do. I don't know how long their voices lasted and how good their fingers were to keep playing. But they, that went on for decades. I don't know exactly the chronology, but it went on for tens of years. And while David had that happening in the temple, that was the greatest years of Israel's existence because they praised God continually, 4,000. They'd be in teams, probably on a roster of four teams or 1,000 at at least of each, and then the people would come together for the feast, there'd be hundreds of thousands of people worshipping and praising God together. And that was the height of that nation's history because they learnt to praise God and bring His presence right across their nation. Wow, that's awesome. And we think, how come we're still singing 25 minutes later? How would you be eight-hour shifts of singing and praising and worshipping God, they did that. That was their life, the Levites. That was their whole life. Other people bought food for them and they lived as the worshippers to keep God's presence so alive and active in that temple but in the whole nation. And as soon as they stopped doing that, they started to move into idolatry and move away from God because their hearts got hardened and they forgot how powerful God was. Isn't that amazing? Wow, there's incredible power in praise, in lifting up your voices and your hearts to our uh, awesome God. When you're overwhelmed by circumstances, the last thing you feel like doing is praising God. Oh, I don't feel like it today. I don't feel like singing today. Well, of course you won't feel like singing when you're depressed, discouraged, overwhelmed, wrestling with conflict and strife temptations and fear and torment you won't feel like singing because the world says you sing when you're happy God says you sing until you get happy it's called faith it's called obedience because when you sing when you worship when you make an atmosphere of praising God everything shifts and your joy and your heart will be transformed that's why it's a sacrifice of praise sometimes. That's why it's an act of faith, of obedience. But let me tell you, when you train your heart and spirit, it doesn't take long to get into that flow. Sometimes there may be great need and loss and grief and you can't be joyful and happy all the time. I understand that, but you can still praise God and give thanks all the time. No matter what you're going through, and let me tell you, it will be, it will be the invitation that will draw you through that difficult dark time because of God's grace. Many people that have been dying in hospital, they just put Christian music on and something starts to change in their bodies. They, they have Christian atmosphere going and the presence of God comes and brings healing and peace and hope for them to walk through that journey. And I think God in His grace does that. It's one of the first things you should do is to praise God because praise gets your attention off yourself and onto God's love and miraculous power. It is normal to focus on the problem and forget to praise God or just not feel like it. But praise to God helps to change things. 1 Peter 1.7 These have come to the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold which perishes 
even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. So when you're going through the refining times of life, just keep your praise on. Put your garment of praise on. Tina put on that old cloak today to show us darkness and sin. The Bible says, put on the garment of praise. So it's a choice. All you got up this morning and said, what am I going to wear to church today? Yeah, it's still raining. What's the weather like? How hot or cold is it? What's clean for the guys, you know? <laughs> and, but hey, I hope you put your garment of praise on before you got here today. And by the sound of your singing, many of you did. And you can put that garment of praise on every day. It's an amazing blessing over our hearts and it's a choice and an attitude. And choose to remember the power of praise, to exalt God. Bring God's presence into your life because it positions you for his favour and blessing. Maybe you're thinking, but I don't really understand how praise to God works. You don't have to understand it, just do it. It's like aerodynamics. Can anyone explain exactly how the aerodynamics works when you're heading out to the airport? You don't need to know how the aerodynamics works. You just need to know that the pilot and the plane and everything's going to work and you're going to get to your destination. We don't stop flying because we don't understand aerodynamics. Why should we stop praising if we can't quite explain how it all works? Because it's a principle of life. That's the truth that God has given us in our hearts and our lives. When you praise God, you'll see breakthroughs and changes in your life. And praise is not just songs, it's words of thanksgiving, it's music, it's art, it's creativity, it's with your body, soul and spirit, it's in acts of service you are praising God by all of those ways. Psalm 103 verse 1 says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, Almost, all my inmost being, praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all His benefits. The Passion says, With my whole heart, with my whole life, with my innermost being, I bow in wonder and love before you, the holy God. Yahweh, you are my soul celebration. How could I ever forget the miracles of kindness you've done for me? You kissed my heart with forgiveness in spite of all I've done. Wow, that is beautiful, isn't it? You've healed me inside and out from every disease. You've rescued me from hell and saved my life. You've crowned me with love and mercy. You satisfy my every desire with good things. You've supercharged my life so that I can soar again like a flying eagle in the sky. Hey, look what happens when you start to praise God. It will cause you to arise with new strength and energy. It will cause you to live in the overflow of His presence. This is one of the keys of my life. You say, how come you can be so positive all the time? This is one of the reasons because I learnt the power of this when I first became a Christian. My mum was a musician and played in church and, and all, had a piano. We always sang around the piano as kids. And so even before I'd given my heart to Jesus 17, I was raised with the principle of praise and worship and the presence of God. My mum and dad would always sing. We'd be milking the cows and dad would be singing the songs he'd learned at church on Sunday while he's milking the cows. They were just normal human beings, but they learnt the power of bringing praise into the house. And I was raised with it, so it's become one of my life keys is to make sure you praise God. Sing until you get happy, not because you are happy. Sing until the atmosphere shifts. Worship Him. Put on the, the playlist of God's words that will change your life and the atmosphere around you. Oh, it is so powerful. 
God, let it come. That takes me to the third and last key point. Praise is a powerful spiritual weapon and atmosphere changer. Psalm 149 verse 5 says, His godly lovers triumph in the glory of God and their joyful praises will rise even while others sleep. God's high and holy praises fill their mouths for their shouted praises are their weapons of war. These warring weapons will bring vengeance on every opposing force and every resistant power to bind kings with chains and rulers with, non, with iron shackles. Praise-filled warriors will enforce the judgment, doom, decreed against their enemies. This is the glorious honour he gives to all his godly lovers. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! Woo! How did the walls of Jericho fall down? They walked around and lifted a shout of praise to God. King Jehoshaphat, 2 Chronicles 20. King Jehoshaphat, the people of Judah faced an enemy army they had no hope of defeating. But when they started to praise God, the enemies destroyed each other. When Paul and Silas were beaten and bleeding and could have been discouraged saying, God, we didn't sign up for this on this missions trip. We didn't know there was going to be beating and thrown into jail. And they could have got angry or discouraged at God. And some of us get like that when things get tough. We say, God, I didn't read this in the fine print when I signed up to be born again and follow you. But hey, you can praise God in the middle of it and see what will happen. And that's what he did. That song, I'll raise a hallelujah, really gets your heart because I'll sing in the presence of my enemies. Oh, the king of glory will arise. You'll rise out of the ashes. Why? Because you lift up the name of Jesus. God wants us to do that. Listen to this amazing verse, Psalm 8, 1 and 2. Lord, your name is so great and powerful, people everywhere see your splendor. Your glorious majesty streams from the heavens, filling the earth with the fame of your name. You have built a stronghold by the songs of babies. Strength rises up with the chorus of singing children. This kind of praise has the power to shut Satan's mouth. Childlike worship will silence the madness of those who oppose you. Parents and grandparents, teach your children to praise God. Teach them to sing and love the presence of God because it's a powerful force against darkness. When the presence of Jesus, when Jesus lifted up, darkness flees. It reminds him he was defeated on the cross and when Jesus rose again. Every time you praise God, the Almighty God, it reminds every force of darkness that he's already defeated. And something happens in your heart by the confession of our mouth and the declaration of hallelujah, praise the Lord. Something shifts over your life and over your family. If there's strife in your family, find a way to get some Christian music happening. If you can't play it publicly, do it in your room so you come out just overflowing with the presence of Jesus. Do whatever we can to let the atmosphere be shifted by praising the Lord. It's a powerful weapon. Darkness flees. When you turn on the light, darkness flees. When you turn on the, up the praise meter, darkness flees. When you turn up the praise meter, the atmosphere and how you see life shifts. You start to see how great God is. The Almighty God, not overwhelmed. You will arise out of the under the circumstances to be above the circumstances. You'll find a way through the darkness. The chains fall off and things shift and change. 
Sometimes it happens immediately, dramatically. Other times it's over a process of weeks or months or years. But if you build an atmosphere of praise, let me tell you, your life will be different. Our communities are different. That's why the enemy tries to stop and close down the name of Jesus being spoken in our schools. Tries to close down. Any Christian who puts their head up tries to be put down through social media. Why? Because the devil hates the name of Jesus being lifted up on high. And we've got to not be ashamed of that. We've got to find ways with wisdom to express and make be carriers of His divine presence. And lastly, praise is a gateway for people to get saved. The jailer is household. Anointed, God-filled praise impacts and draws people to Jesus. In church, in your home, in your life group, in your car, in the community, we've got to find ways to live a praise-filled life. The 12 tribes, Judah was the tribe who went first. What does Judah mean? Praise. Even back then, God set the pattern, says praise goes first, because that will be the way to live in victory. Let's stand together. I want to read Psalm 150 as we wrap it up and take a moment to pray. Psalm 150 in the Passion says, Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. Praise God in His holy sanctuary. Praise Him in His stronghold in the sky. Praise Him with, for the miracles of might. Praise Him for His magnificent greatness. Praise Him with the trumpets blasting. Praise Him with piano and guitar. Praise Him with drums and dancing. Praise Him with the loud resounding clash of cymbals. Praise Him with every instrument you can find. I love that. Your hands are an instrument. Your voice is an instrument. Your heart is an instrument. Where we worship and praise our awesome God. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.